Good evening. It's good to be back with you again studying the book of Revelation. And before we get into tonight's study, let's just have a short word of prayer. Father, we again thank you for the opportunity that we have to study your word. We thank you that there is no God like you. We just thank you, Lord, that you make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. And you have said in your word that your purpose will stand and that you will do all that you please. And we just thank you, Lord, that you have revealed so much in your word as to what is going to take place in the future. And we just uh, thank you again for the privilege of being able to continue to study the book of Revelation this evening. We just thank you for this in the wonderful and precious name of Jesus. Amen. Tonight we're going to be looking at Revelation chapter 12. Now a great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of twelve stars. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his heads. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour the child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that she should feed her there 1,260 days. Talking here about a sign appearing in heaven, it is a symbol that is pointing to something else. And the sign here is not an actual woman, but it's a symbolic representation of Israel. Where John writes here, Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of twelve stars. Three other symbolic women appear in Revelation. We have Jezebel, who represents paganism. We saw that in Revelation chapter 2, verse 20. Uh, and then we have the scarlet woman that we are still going to come to when we have a look at Revelation chapter 17. And that scarlet woman symbolizes the apostate church. And then we also have uh, another woman that is represented in, in Israel, and that's the wife of the Lamb symbolizing the church. We see that in Revelation 19 verse 7. But here, the woman that is pictured here is a symbolic representation of Israel. And Israel is often pictured in the Old Testament as the wife of God. We see that in Isaiah 54 verse 5, where the Lord says through the prophet Isaiah, for your maker is your husband, the Lord Almighty is his name. Talking about Israel here. Uh, the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. 
the Lord will call you back as if you were a wife deserted and, dis and distressed in spirit, a wife who married young only to be rejected, says your God. For a brief moment I abandoned you, but with deep compassion I will bring you back. So here we see in the Old Testament that the Lord actually referred to uh, Israel as his wife and that he was her husband. So the symbolism here, the woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of 12 stars is a picture of Israel. And it's not a picture of the, the church. It's very clear from the context that we are looking at here. And clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and 12 stars, being clothed with the sun really speaks of glory, uh, dignity, and the exalted status of Israel, the people of promise who will be saved and given a kingdom. And the picture of the moon under her feet could possibly describe God's covenant relationship with Israel because the uh, new moons were associated with the worship and the feasts that they celebrated. And the stars represent the 12 tribes of Israel. Verse 2, Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain gave birth. Israel is often pictured as a mother giving birth. And Israel has agonized and suffered for centuries, longing for the Messiah to come and to destroy Satan, sin and death, and to usher in the kingdom. Verse 3. Another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven diadems on his heads. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour the child that was soon to be born. The fiery red dragon, again, is the woman's enemy, which is Satan, who appears as a dragon 13 times in the book of Revelation. And red often speaks of bloodshed uh, and where... The uh, scripture here refers to the dragon having seven heads and ten horns or uh, seven diadems. It's figurative language depicting Satan's dominion over the past seven worldly kingdoms and the ten future kingdoms that are spoken about in Daniel. And Satan has and will rule the world until the Lord comes back and he has reflected relentless pain on Israel and he had this desire and the will to kill the woman before she could bring forth the child that would destroy him. So Satan has always wanted to destroy Israel before she could actually bring forth a child that would destroy him. As we see in verse 5, she bore a male child who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. Satan's original rebellion 
resulted in one-third of the angelic host joining him in his insurrection and becoming demons. And uh, unable to prevent the virgin birth of Christ, where Satan tried to kill um, all the two-year-olds in the massacre that took place of the male children uh, in uh, Bethlehem, he tried there to wipe out Jesus as well, but he was unsuccessful. And we see here in verse 5, um, the male child that is referred to here that would rule the nations is, of course, Jesus. And despite Satan's effort to destroy the Messianic line, to actually destroy Jesus, Jesus' birth took place as predicted by the prophets. And where it says here that um, she bore a male child who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron, that depicts the time where Jesus is going to become king over the nations of the world during the millennium and he's going to rule them with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God. That refers to Christ's ascension, where he ascended back into heaven. And if we read that passage in Acts, the angels actually spoke to the disciples when they were looking up to, to heaven as they watched Jesus disappear on the cloud. And they said to the disciples, the same way as you have seen Jesus ascend into the heaven, the same way he is going to come back to the earth. And that's also in line with what we read in the Old Testament prophets in, in Zechariah, particularly in Zechariah chapter 14. Verse 6, Then the woman fled into the wilderness, where she has a place prepared by God that she should feed her there 1,260 days. God will protect Israel from the devil by hiding her in the wilderness, perhaps in the region of Moab or Amnon and Edom. Uh, and those countries possibly will specifically be um, spared the Antichrist's attack when he actually comes against the nation of Israel. So in this short passage that we've read here, it actually covers uh, a lot of events. It covers... Um, the birth of Jesus, how Satan tried to destroy Israel, how he couldn't, how he tried to destroy all the children that were two years and younger at the time of the birth of Christ to try and wipe out the Messianic line, but he was unsuccessful. And then we see that Jesus ascended into heaven and we have the promise in Acts that he is going to come back, that he's going to return to the earth to establish his kingdom here on the earth. Verse 7, And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He is cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, 
now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of the brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. Now the events, and we can maybe even use the word the tumultuous events that are going to take place uh, on the earth during the time uh, of the tribulation, find their counterpart in heaven. Now, a state of war has existed uh, since the fall of Satan, and something is going to intensify uh, this warfare, uh, what we read about here. Uh, that war broke out in heaven and Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. Now, Satan and his demons were cast out of heaven at the time of the original uh, rebellion, but they have still had access into heaven. But that access is going to be denied where they will forever be barred from heaven. And the word devil comes from the Greek verb meaning to slander or to falsely accuse and satan is an absolute malignant liar jesus referred to him when he speaks he lies and that's what his natural language is his accusations against believers he's referred to here as the accuser of the brethren are unsuccessful and the reason why his accusations are unsuccessful because Christ is our advocate we have a advocate before the father Jesus Christ and Satan our adversary or enemy um, we read a lot about him in Job in the gospel and he deceives the whole world. That's what it says there in verse 9. The one who is called the devil who deceives the whole world, he was cast to the earth and his angels were cast with him. As he has done throughout human history, from the time of Adam and Eve, where he was deceitful in deceiving Adam and Eve, Satan, will deceive and continue to deceive people during the time of the tribulation. And after his temporary release from the bottomless pit at the end of the millennium, he will again briefly resume his deceitful ways. And in verse 10, where we see that he's the accuser of the brethren, he's no longer now going to be able to accuse believers before the throne because he will no longer have access into heaven. And no accusation can stand against those whose sins have been forgiven because of Christ's sacrificial death. 
So where we read there that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in the earth. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. Knowing that his time is limited, Satan is going to intensify his efforts against God and against uh, man on the earth, and he is specifically going to target um, Israel. And he's going to come down here with great wrath because he knows that his time is short. Verse 13, now when the dragon saw that he'd been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. So there we see that Satan is persecuting Israel. But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for a time and times and a half from the presence of the serpent. So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood off to the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. The dragon was enraged with the woman and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So where it talks here about where the dragon had been cast to the earth and he persecuted the woman being Israel that had given birth to the male child, which we know is Jesus the Messiah. It says there, but the woman was given two wings of a great eagle. Now these are not actual bird's wings. Again, here we have figurative language and it's really a depiction of God's protection of Israel. Wings often speak of uh, protection. Uh, we read about that uh, in Psalm 91. Most of us are very familiar with that uh, psalm. Um, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He will save you from the fowler's snare and from deadly pestilence and he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge so here we see uh, where the woman was given wings of a great eagle it's a picture of God's protection of Israel so we see wings often speak of protection as we see that in scripture and where it says that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the presence of the serpent. What that is referring to there is the three and a half years, which is the second half um, of the tribulation. And Jesus actually references this in Matthew 24 in the... Um, Olivet uh, discourse where he talks about in 
uh, Matthew 24, and we will just quickly, uh, just very, very briefly look at that. And that um, passage of Scripture that we read in Matthew 24, where Jesus said, So when you see standing in the holy place, Matthew 24, verse 18, the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains and let no one on the roof of the house go down and take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to get his cloak. How dreadful it will be for those in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath, for then there will be great distress. Listen to what Jesus says here. Unequaled from the beginning of the world until now and never to be equaled again. So what he's talking about here in this passage is the last three and a half years where he warns the people of Israel that when you see standing in the holy place, so obviously that there's going to be a temple during the time of the tribulation, the abomination that causes desolation, which is spoken about through the prophet Daniel, which we can read about in Daniel chapter 9, when the Antichrist then proclaims himself to be God and wants to be worshipped as God, that's when Jesus said to the people of Israel, that's when you need to flee. And they're going to flee into the desert and God is going to protect them there for that period of three and a half years. Verse 15, so the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away uh, by the flood. But the earth helped the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. So there's going to be an army that is going to come against Israel like a flood. But it's going to be swallowed up possibly the reference here where it talks about the uh, earth opened its mouth and swallowed the flood that the dragon spewed out, that possibly this could be one of the numerous earthquakes that occur during that period that is actually going to swallow up these armies that come against Israel. And verse 17, And the dragon was enraged with the woman and went to make war with the rest of her offspring, who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So Satan is going to then turn his frustrated rage against every single follower of Jesus Christ that he can find, Jew or Gentile. That's what it says here. And the dragon was enraged and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Those that have the testimony of Jesus Christ, what the word of God tells us and what is contained in scripture is that obedience to God's word always marks um, a genuine believer. And so Satan is going to go after those who keep the commandments of God and who obviously have the testimony of Jesus Christ. And that's where we're going to 
conclude our study tonight. And then next week, we are then going to move into uh, chapter 13. So we have now got more than halfway um, through the book of Revelation. If you have any questions that you would like to ask, please feel free to um, pose these questions. You can do that online if we don't come back to you uh, straight away uh, with whatever questions that you may have to what has been taught uh, tonight from the book of Revelation or what might have been taught uh, previously. Uh, you can put those uh, questions uh, to us on Facebook and we will come back and answer those questions for you. God bless you. Trust that you have a wonderful evening and a wonderful week. May the peace of God be with you now and always. Amen.